everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. The competition in digital payment methods is getting fierce as cash seems to be no longer the dominant payment method across nations. So when the world is going through a fierce battle between different modes of digital payment and is experiencing a rapid and growing use of diverse digital methods of recording, managing, and exchanging money in commerce, investment, and daily life, it is important to understand and evaluate which technologies, payment systems, and interfaces are leading the evolution in digital payments and whether nations are prepared for the rapidly emerging payment systems and cashless economy. To discuss one such payment system, India's Aadhaar payment system and universal payment interface further, I'm delighted to welcome Professor Anupam Saraf to Risk Roundup. Professor Saraf is a systems thinker and thought leader at Symbiosis Institute of Computer Studies and research based in India. He is a future designer recognized as a global expert on complex systems and holds a doctorate in designing sustainable systems from the Faculty of Mathematics and Natural Sciences of the Riktu Universität Groningen, the Netherlands. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. Welcome, Professor Saraf. We are delighted to have you on Risk Roundup. Thank you. It's my pleasure to join you on this risk roundup. Wonderful, Professor. So any financial transaction that we would have undertaken with cash in the past is now increasingly being undertaken in many different digital formats. While over the years, we have been completing financial transactions using credit and debit cards, it seems that even these digital solutions aren't innovative enough to be permanent for the digital age which is changing almost every day. So what is the state of India's drive towards becoming a cashless economy? Well, uh, I think the trend to drive everybody towards becoming cashless has become more or less universal. Uh, But fundamental to trying to accomplish a digital uh, economy is to have good payment systems. And uh, let me first explain a little bit for your viewers about payment systems. So typically when you exchange cash, you are dealing directly peer to peer or person to person where we can actually exchange money and uh, uh, settle the transaction straight away. However, when you do exchange, Uh, where the persons are either remote or you want to transact digitally, you have some party, usually your bank, which is an interface to the transaction. So what happens is that if I bank with bank A and you bank with bank B, then when we exchange the money, I have to give instructions to bank A to transfer money to to you in bank B. So bank A actually transfers the money to bank B and bank B will settle the account with or transfer the money to your account. Now this can happen either in real time where the transaction actually uh, is settled across me to my bank account and my bank account bank to your bank and your bank to you in real time with the cross settlement of the amount or sometimes this is done in batch mode. So batch mode means that they accumulate all such transactions between bank A and bank B, 
for a few hours or for till the end of the day and then the banks simply settle what money they have to exchange and whose accounts they have to credit or debit so in order to facilitate this bank a and bank b would have to have an account with each other now this becomes extremely complicated so if you had many banks you will have to have each bank having an account with the other bank making the entire transaction process immensely complex so as a solution to this what the bankers have evolved over the years is that they all hold an account with the central bank and the central bank effectively is the mediator between bank a and bank b and uh, the the settlement of balances of bank a and bank b are done at the end of the day so uh, essentially that's how a payment system works when you talk about digital exchange so essentially the central bank then is playing the role of ensuring that bank a and bank b can exchange money on your and my behalf and at the same time ensure that this transaction is auditable and traceable yes yes so if we make a mistake then this transaction should be reversed and if uh, somebody wants to investigate where did i receive money from or where did you receive money from they can actually find a full trace yes so this is extremely important for any digital transaction so the backbone of any good digital economy is going to be good payment systems yes yes now that's an excellent explanation in the very good that you gave such broad background so that you know global viewers and listeners understand but my question is from electronic banking to paypal or to any digital wallet systems that are out there currently or venmo or square why india decided to have its own payment system and interface yeah so uh, it's very interesting that the payment system that has come out which is aadhar enabled payment system and universal payments interface these are the two payment systems which have been uh, developed by the national payments corporation of india and the national payments corporation of india is a non government private company floated by a group of bankers and it was it started its operations in 2009 uh and its first product essentially that it developed was the aadhar enabled payment system so if you look at the way it it operates is that it actually has become a proxy to the central bank and it, these group of members of the national payment corporation of india who participate in the aadhar payment system or in the upi are actually uh doing a settlement within themselves through npci and npci in turn has the settlement done by the central bank at the end of the day so this becomes like a proxy transaction to bypass the restrictions and regulations that the central bank actually imposed on these electronic transfers so what essentially was not possible through the central banks real time gross settlement systems 
or the uh, national electronic fund transfer system which is the net uh, settlement system that uh, the central bank runs have been attempted to be done through the aadhar enabled payment systems so But doesn't this mean that you know everything in real time whose money is going where and you know all that you know government will know in real time well it's uh, npci is not a government institution and it's not about government knowing about where the money is going usually actually uh, when you do transactions through the central bank the digital transactions through the central bank it has to be auditable by the central bank in any case because you need to make sure that this money is not being there is no money laundering taking place sure. that you actually are ensuring that the source and the destination of the funds are known yes. and which is why it is important for the central banks to actually play a pivotal role in any payment system so actually when you have a consortium of bankers who set up their own mechanism to do a settlement and then simply tell the central bank that at the end of the day you settle according to these accounts that we are giving you is kind of uh, bypassing the regulations of the central bank so i think it's a matter of concern starting with you know whether such a consortium should be allowed to set up its own uh, settlement system uh, payment and settlement system which becomes a proxy to the central bank itself sure because it's a legal question legal question right but do they have a legal authority to do this because it's bypassing the entire system right so that is a complex question so how do you see this uh, payment system transforming the monetary system at all levels because this is not just about uh, the transactions that are happening within india but it would also impact the transactions happening across the nation's geographical boundaries so how is this being received uh, within and across nations as this system will impact at all levels oh of course so i think let me explain what has happened through aadhar enabled payment systems so i think one of the first reasons that aadhar enabled payment systems was created was to uh, split the process of identification of the source and the destination from the bankers if the in in the traditional uh, payment systems you had to rely on the identification of the source and the destination as provided by the banking entities the two banks which were involved in the transfers so the two banks would essentially identify you and me in the example that i gave you earlier and they would therefore know that the funds i transferred funds to you or you transferred funds to me uh now the entire process of actually uh, identifying a person has been outsourced to the uidai so by saying that we actually will use aadhar as a financial address instead of using your bank account as a financial address it's essentially saying that we do not trust the identity of the person provided by the bank and we need to therefore rely on a third party who did not onboard the customer but is now 
supposedly authenticating the source of the money and the destination of the money yes. which itself is a flawed argument yes and there are so many problems because they use biometric indicators like you know retina scan and a fingerprint which can be copied which can be replicated which could you know not uh, function properly and uh, there is no as we know that how the all these ids were collected there were no effective standards so that itself is very flawed so you are right that this is a cause of great concern and not only that many parts of india are still of the financial greed and they have random regulations and lack banking competition and uh, there is also widespread uh, you know fines and cash and criminal money markets there is also shadow banking in india which could further cause damage to the already fragile you know national economy in india so how would other payment system be able to cope up with all those you know uh, complex challenges that are going on and deal with that uh, identification and authentication because that itself is a big big problem for india well it's interesting because uh, much of the government payments to uh, in the form of subsidies benefits to beneficiaries have moved to being aadhar payments so the government has been transferring more than uh, 1 lakh crore 1 lakh is uh, 1 lakh crore 10 to the power uh, 13 so 10 trillion uh, rupees have been transferred just in the last financial year through the aadhar payment system now the interesting thing over here is that uh, see, they claim that aadhar will serve as your financial address but as you know that no money can actually sit against a social security number or an aadhar number or any identification number it has to sit in a bank account because you can have multiple bank accounts you can have joint bank accounts so therefore specifying the account in which the money has to go is extremely important and then finding out who owns the account will i'll help you to identify who received or sent the money yes. so in the case of aadhar when you use an aadhar number as a financial address you obviously have to map the aadhar number to a bank account and for this the national payments corporation of india creates a table with it called as the mapper where they actually have a map of an aadhar number linked to a bank account and now this particular mapping is a volatile mapping yes. what do i mean by a volatile mapping you can actually change this mapping every day because this mapping is updated based on the data npci national payments corporation of india receives every day at the end of the day from all the member banks about which new aadhar numbers have been linked to bank accounts that are held with them so now at the end of the day when they receive this data they overwrite the previous account numbers associated with an aadhar number mind you they overwrite they do not add a record they do not create an additional record so the overwriting is a very strange phenomena it actually now makes the linkage very volatile so today it it you know all the credibility goes away because when you overwrite the system yes yes absolutely huge problem 
Absolutely. So today, if uh, if an Aadhaar number is linked to, let's say, Bank A, and money is transferred into Bank A because it's sent to an Aadhaar number linked to Bank A, and tomorrow, if this same Aadhaar number is now linked to Bank B or Account B, then there is no trace of where the money went. where the money transferred to that aadhar number actually disappeared because now it is no longer linked or pointing to bank a or account a so in effect it it becomes a way whereby it facilitates money laundering yes so it is the very strange thing that this kind of a payment system has been permitted by the reserve bank of india very true uh, it's a cause of great concern because what they are in theory trying to prevent money laundering and uh, uh, trying to have a clear financial system there it's actually you know going entirely opposite to them there is no credibility there is no transparency there is no way of knowing what is happening and uh, it's not it looks like it's not even legal so this is a these are very complex challenges so my con- question is why did they not think why did india not think about using a system like blockchain because eventually all countries will move towards blockchain if not today you know in 5 years 10 years as you know uh, the blockchain uh, becomes more scalable the systems will move towards blockchain so that we have all these problems that we just talked about you know identification and uh, uh, credibility and you know not being able to manipulate the system all those things we can prevent there on the blockchain based system so i'm not sure that why india rushed into this uh, trying to solve a problem and instead created 10 more problems so uh, you explain you know how the records of the financial transactions uh, work in the finance uh, other system now millions of people uh, that have been excluded from the financial system due to the lack of banking system or lack of financial resources or efficient technology or even having let's say smartphones so it makes they were by making it easier to verify transaction and identities and removing the these incentives associated with the international payment opening up access to payments like you know india must have thought that if we open up the access to payment system like aadhar it will be simple for a lot of people that may have been the thought process but it uh, it looks like that it raises the uh, financial service spending levels of the unbanked people because it, it, this is going to generate billions you know for the national economy so as everybody starts using this you know interface and this system there there is lot of you know going to con- come towards you know uh, the fees for the to the government you know or whoever is the institution you know whichever is the institution they will uh, create a lot of you know financial income so uh, what is the payment like for each transfer how much you know what is the fees is it uh, comparable to the banking fees that we had before or is it comparable to the paypal or venmo or all these other you know digital uh, mechanisms that we have out there well i think for me the the charges that you will have to pay are the least of the concern right now simply because uh, the bigger concern is that this is propagation of fraud and this is actually enabler of money laundering 
Yes. And uh, if you really look at it, it is uh, shifting the focus of authentication yes. from the banker to a third party who actually has no role to play in the banking transaction that is taking place and has no responsibility and is not legally liable for the transaction. Very true. Very true. So therefore, now when you have actually removed this important element of authentication and actually not trusted your banker who opened a bank account with a, uh, with all the due diligence and international standards of uh, opening of accounts according to Basel standards and according to the financial action task force and the central bank's own guidelines uh, and this you know practice of uh, opening accounts has happened for more than seven decades in India. Yes. Now, suddenly, if you say that I don't trust the holder of this bank account based on what the banker says, but I trust a number which has not been certified by anybody, it has not been audited, and it is estimated that there are at least 586 million fake Aadhaar numbers, then it's a matter of serious concern. It is. So when, you look at the, uh, the social security numbers here. How many frauds, you know, are happening uh, to the social security numbers? You know, anybody can uh, create a number or anybody can use a number, steal a number and do all kinds of transactions. So it, this is very similar to that. You know, why create a system that has similar problems? Because just by number, you cannot identify or authenticate. And it looks like that developing the universal payment interface infrastructure it will require significant time and investment because we have to still resolve, India has to still resolve security issues and figure out how to align competing interests and how to impose a legal, regulatory and governance framework, which from what you are telling me, it looks like, you know, there is no legal or regulatory or governance framework at this point. So there is a lot that still needs to be developed in collaboration by many different stakeholders in the nation. So what is the state of nation's collaboration for these developments? Well, I, there are international bodies which actually uh, even the central banks from different countries collaborate in terms of how the central bank should operate and what kind of monetary policy should be created. However, I think uh, significantly people have not recognized that the National Payments Corporation of India was not born as a government body. It was born as a private entity and therefore as a Trojan horse, It because government has put all its payments through the National Payments Corporation of India, it appears to be like a quasi-government organization. Uh, so also because they have been talking of these innovations and because it has been riding on the Aadhaar wave and uh, subsequently it created the universal payments interface, which actually took this Aadhaar enabled payment system to a next level. Because what the UPI did was it allowed universal, it actually allowed uh, interchange between different payment mechanisms and not just the Aadhaar to Aadhaar payment systems. So you could now transfer money from Aadhaar to the traditional bank accounts or to other payment uh, chan channels, other pay through other payment instruments. 
So interestingly, the universal payment interface says that you can create what they call as a virtual payment address. So, or VPA for short. So uh, you can anonymize yourself when you do a transaction. So you don't expose your bank account to uh, the recipient when you transfer money. This is extremely strange because when you do that, actually the money transfer no longer becomes traceable. Yes. So the recipient on his or her passbook will actually see only a virtual payment address. And therefore, it is impossible to trace back who this VPA belonged to. Also, what they have developed in this entire uh, universal payment interface is the ability to have temporary virtual priv uh, uh, private addresses. So these VPAs, if they are temporary for only a transaction, then essentially they cease to exist after transferring money and you don't know where the money came from. So it's essentially, it facilitates money laundering. Yes, very true. Uh, very true. And uh, you know, it also, therefore, in the process of uh, allowing parties to use UPI, what they did was they developed a set of APIs, application programming interfaces, to allow third parties to develop their own apps, which will make use of UPI to do money transfers. So beyond the 100 and... Uh, 39 members who are part of UPI, they could actually sub uh, make sub members, other parties, technology companies or uh, mobile companies or some other service providers who want to enter into the payment space by not really needing to comply fully with the central bank's re requirements for being a payment uh, partner and uh, actually develop UPI-based apps. So it gave a kind of a backdoor to a whole lot of people to start getting an access to bank accounts of uh, customers of these banks. And these apps, uh, therefore, in some way, uh, do the authorization of money transfer. Uh, and it is not actually the customer who is authorizing the transfer of money. So you suddenly split up the authorization and authentication from the bank, which should be responsible for authorizing. Uh, well, the customer should be responsible for authorizing the transfer of money and the bank should be responsible for authenticating that it is the customer who has indeed authorized this transfer of money. But both these functions now have been removed from these two key partners who were actually involved in the money transfers and they have now been outsourced into the universal payment interface to what they call as payment system players uh, who could also be third parties which are technology companies uh, so for example you have a whole lot of uh, companies like uh, uh, phone pay and uh, free charge and what have you, which have developed apps, which will allow you or, you know, 
Paytm, which allow you to do UPI transactions, but they are actually not banks. So, or you have uh, travel companies which will allow you to do UPI-based transactions, but they are actually not banks. So, they are not registered as uh, banking organizations with the Reserve Bank of India. So it's more like a democratization of the entire financial system now. Anybody could become a financial, you know, banker. Well, uh, there are reasons why you don't actually allow anybody to do financial transactions because you want full traceability. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, the shadow banking and all of those system players, they will also get into the system in an entirely, you know, uh, transparent legal way because... They are becoming just like, you know, they develop the interface, they can use the system and they can uh, perhaps, you know, change their black money to white money and uh, uh, have make it perfectly legal, you know. So that there is a lot of, you know, concern how this uh, system is developed and how it is offered uh, to anyone, you know, who wants to develop the interface. So, uh, but I read somewhere that Indian regulatory body is uh, to shut down the pay to other system. Is that accurate information? Uh, I have not heard that they are going to shut down pay to Aadhaar. Actually, in uh, line with the Supreme Court ruling, uh, which took place earlier this year, uh, Aadhaar is not permitted to be used in the banking arena at all. Uh, but the neither the UIDI nor the RBI have actually taken cognizance and ensured that Aadhaar payments is shut down. Uh, so this is extremely strange that they continue to flog Aadhaar payments, despite the fact that uh, A, it is illegal on count of the Supreme Court ruling, and B, it is uh, completely dangerous in terms of, in light of whatever I just explained. Uh, it's also important to recognize that it's, there are already been examples which illustrate that this entire system has been misused. So, for example, Airtel Payments Bank used the Aadhaar system to create 370 million bank accounts and transfer uh, 670 million rupees of subsidy for LPG gas into these accounts without there, without there being a single authorization or authentication of you know the transactions so it, this is just one example another example was in the state of karnataka where the government was to give uh, farmers uh, some loan subsidy and uh, there was a huge number there were more than 40000 farmers who did not get their subsidy because it went to somebody else's bank accounts i see and this is because it was Aadhaar payment systems which was used for this process. So uh, there has been, I mean, these are just two tip of the iceberg examples that I'm talking about. There are huge number of examples which exist where uh, Aadhaar payment systems and universal payment interface has resulted in uh, money being either si siphoned off or it being laundered. Yes. So it seems so. Uh, who who uses this payment system? Uh, 
at the moment is it like everyone all the businesses all the you know government uh, uh, departments all banks everybody is using this system so the government insists that uh, the subsidies and benefits that the government will transfer will only come to aadhar linked bank accounts so they are not transferring money through the neft which was the uh, reserve bank of india's payment uh, uh, system to allow you to receive money or send money uh, which they used for more than a decade before aadhar came along so suddenly they decided that that is not to be used anymore and we need to now switch to this small consortium of bankers who want to use aadhar as a payment address instead of using the bank account as a payment address so i think starting from there there is a big question mark that how can you actually move to something uh, some number as a you know uh, payment address when it is uh, not a bank account yes yes i i I, th- i think you know the government or the india probably would have no uh, choice but to shut the system down because there are a lot of you know uh, security vulnerabilities there there are a lot of uh, li- illegal i mean illegalities uh, it is not legal it is not uh, something that uh, would be trusted by everyone so i think it needs to be perhaps shut down and uh, fix all those uh, regulatory legal and uh, governance challenges and security challenges before they re you know uh, issue this so do you see that as a possibility happening i mean from what i read that it's perhaps going to happen but i don't have the source i think it was indian financial express or something but i'm i don't have uh, accurate information with me right now but that that if that is a pos- happening then it's really good if not happening then you know what do you recommend that you know how to forward to fix this problem i think basically it's an international it should be an international concern yes because any country which actually uh, creates a payment system a digital payment system which can potentially facilitate money laundering or anonymous transfers untraceable transfers and which splits up the authorization and authentication from the role of the banker itself and takes it to third parties who are not responsible for the banking transaction is a very serious international issue yes it is uh, because uh, you know huge sums of money uh, can move uh, in different directions uh, across the world as a consequence and uh, therefore i think uh, uh, the group of central bankers uh, you know then uh, also uh, you know international uh, leaders uh, should raise this issue with india and uh, should definitely ask the uh, governor of the reserve bank of india as to how is it that the payment and settlements act has allowed the licensing of uh, aadhar enabled payment systems as well as uh, the upi when neither of them fall into any international standard of banking very so true they will not actually pass any uh, international regulation regulatory and protective standards which have to prevent money laundering and which have to ensure traceability of money from end to end 
so it's a serious concern yes and i think also at the other level because uh, uh, technology innovation has been the one which has been boasted when uh, marketing both aadhar enabled payment systems and upi somehow people have got uh, kind of uh, you know enamored by uh, the talk that this is the only country which is uh, doing this innovation where you can transfer from any person to any person directly and uh, 24 by 7 uh without needing to know the account number and this is flout uh, this has been you know flogged as an innovation it has been flogged as the unique thing about this entire process and uh, therefore people have been blinded to think that uh, this innovation must be good otherwise they why would they talk about it mm-hmm. without really considering the implications of it so unless uh, you know when you talk of digital uh, payment systems and going digital it's assumed that anything you do digital is going to be necessarily good yes i think it has to, it's important to recognize that while digital technology can enable transparency if it enables transparency if you design transparency but you can well create and design digital systems which can block transparency very true very and true. which can actually do exactly the opposite of what you want to accomplish and i believe that the aadhar enabled payment systems and the universal payment interface are exactly the opposite of transparency i are exactly the opposite of what the reserve bank of india should be doing or should be permitting yes very true so do, from your knowledge and understanding do you see any other country raising these issues because uh, if they are doing transactions with indian you know banks or indian uh, uh, system then they would have to go through the same you know universal payment interface and other payment system so do you see any of the country raising the red flags or raising concerns that you know there is a problem here well so what happens typically in inter country exchanges is that again because it is a settlement through an inter country settlement system which is taking place if, uh, most people are focused on the settlement of what is owed to them and what is not owed to them so they have tended to ignore what transactions happened in within that settlement and not really go into the question of whether these transactions were genuine transactions or they were fake transactions sure that's fair enough no i understand that but now if uh, let's say there are tourists coming from you know different countries uh, visiting india and if they have to make a payment then do they use this interface and the payment system or well, so currently p- visitors coming to india when if they are doing digital transactions within india they may actually encounter lot of uh, uh, third parties which are offering upi money transfers so once they actually enable their bank accounts to upi or aadhar enabled payment systems then they become vulnerable to fraud and uh, uh, you know money can be picked up from them because interestingly both aadhar enabled payment systems as well as upi are both push and pull systems so push systems are where i initiate the transfer to you pull system is where you can actually 
initiate the pull request from my bank account so uh, you know i can uh, technically a, a pull system requires me to do a one time authorization but if it is actually a third party which has created an app which will authorize on my behalf uh, because of the otp or biometric embedding mechanism for so called authorization of transaction this system can be ex- uh, prone to misuse very easily yes yes now from your knowledge are there any cases you know uh, filed for this system or are they, any of the think tanks in india are they uh, issuing any white paper about the concerns or any regulatory concerns anybody who has done anything uh, in a formal way to raise the concern to stop you know using this uh, payment system is there anything moving forward well, unfortunately not so i i know that i have been raising this issue for many years now so the first time that uh, i raised it was probably as far back as 2011 uh, when there was talk about creating such a system and uh, the first time i actually formally wrote about it was 2014 and i published this and then actually wrote to the then governor of the reserve bank of india uh, dr raguram rajan and of course received no response uh, it was clearly indicated that you know uh, this is a matter of serious concern and the reserve bank of india should uh, uh, look at wh- how has this been licensed under the uh, payment and settlements act then uh, i also have written this to the prime minister's office during the tenure of dr manmohan singh as well as during uh, the next prime minister dr Nare- uh, mr narendra modi uh, i have also made a representation to the prime minister's office uh, spent time with uh, the joint secretary mr bajaj who is in charge of the implementation of the aadhar based direct benefit transfers and raised these concerns before him uh, asking for an investigation into uh, this entire system saying that uh, they do not need to actually take one expert's viewpoint but appoint an expert panel which will investigate into the various issues which uh, uh, lead to these concerns that uh, this is a system which will result in money laundering which will result in the propagation of fraud so unfortunately uh, all of these have so far drawn to no action on part of the government strangely enough sure and- i you no i i will do everything in my power to raise awareness about these very serious security concerns that uh, are emerging from this uh, aadhar payment system and the universal payment interface so uh, having said that what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners especially the ones that are thinking of traveling to india or uh, the ones uh, you know who uh, have some sort of authority to do something about uh, uh, you know forcing uh, government of india to uh, change its course and you know 
make this interface and the payment system right so that all the countries you know can benefit from it and uh, they don't create uh, fall prey to the security vulnerabilities and this money laundering and all this uh, uh, disadvantages that are you know emerging because of the weaknesses in the system so i would like to say that you know if you want to go cashless there are a lot of traditional instruments that banks have to ensure that uh, payments to different parties can be made without cash and the simplest one that we have been using for a long time is checkbooks so issuing checks is a non cash based uh, instrument which allows us to transfer money in a traceable way and in a safe way uh, we also have demand drafts and bankers checks uh, which are available besides this if you want to actually go uh, to do uh, electronic transfers you can use uh, credit cards and debit cards you can also use electronic transfers through the central banks payment systems and i would urge that sticking to these traditional instruments is of paramount importance rather than to go in for uh, the innovations which have been put out by these private parties which uh, obviously have not uh, had the prudence of uh, ensuring security and have exposed the entire world to a huge amount of risk so i think it's important that we take cognizance of uh, uh, this exercise so anybody traveling to india or anybody within india should simply stick to uh, traditional instruments of uh, exchange if you want to go cashless if you can trans use cash use cash because there is nothing wrong about cash other than the fact that you would not be able to identify the source and destination but you know i think uh, you would be able to identify who withdrew a large amount of cash or who deposited a large amount of cash uh i think uh, if you want to encourage non cash instruments encourage ones which have been traditional and are run by the central banks that's what i would really urge for users uh, no i hear you and i think that they all would welcome uh, your recommendations because this is a question of security and privacy and uh, uh, you know it goes much more into money laundering and terrorism and uh, uh what not so the, these are you know good suggestions suggestions and recommendations so thank you so much professor sara for participating in risk roundup today we appreciate your thoughtful insight on uh, other payment system and india's universal payment interface and uh, our global viewers and listeners would benefit tremendously from understanding the complex uh, security challenges and privacy issues of upi and other payment systems so even if uh, a single decision maker from across nation can understand the complex security challenges of api and the global implications based on the discussion we had today this discount dialogue has been of service and we thank you for that thank you very much wonderful professor sarab so risk roundup a global initiative launched by risk group is a security risk reporting for risk emerging from existing and emerging technologies technology convergence and transformation happening across cyberspace geospace and space we at risk group believe that risk management security and peace they walk together hand in hand 
Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. It is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts fit into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if we build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risk together. For more information on the risk roundups, to watch the risk roundup videos or hear the risk roundup podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayashree, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.